Misanthropod. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Misanthropod. I'm Snipe and as always I'm joined by Whip. Say hello. Hello. And I'm also joined by Drummer Matt. Say hello. Hello. How are you lovely gentlemen today? Uh, I'm okay. I thoroughly enjoyed our new theme tune. <laughs> that is totally the theme mm. tune we're going to use. Mm, it's got a beat, you know. We're, we're going to be using that for every episode past this. Earworm just <laughs> gets in there. Yeah. Oh, it's, lovely. It's great. If only someone knew who made it. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> One could possibly guess that it was made by a mat that was bored of waiting for us. And is currently sitting in 31 degree Celsius heat. Yeah, the heat's getting to me. But <laughs> faffing about with recording something on Audacity got the cause out of my head, so that's a bonus, I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about the cause. So would I. I have no idea why it was in my head. <laughs> It just happens sometimes. And now I'm remembering the weird SMTV thing where they all put on, like, way too much lip gloss and pretended to be Irish for a while. Mm. SMTV was a weird show. Uh, anyway, Matt, how are you? I'm, I'm good if a little warm. <laughs> a little. How are you guys? Good if a little warm. I'm barely awake and boiling, so <laughs> this podcast is going to be fucking terrific because, like, like, you've gone tropo. <laughs> I'm exhausted and basically high off my tits, and Wib is Wib, so it's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the glue that holds this this sinking ship together, and maybe mixing my metaphors a bit here. I'll be the glue <laughs> that builds this bridge. Um, so, Good. in that vein, uh, we should have a little bit of a talk uh, because we all did something the other day, uh, which was we played a gig. Never t- okay, we played a gig <laughs> as our band. <laughs> Which is called Fighting Evil is Cool and are a ska band. From Derby. From Derby. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, yeah, we, we played a gig because a local venue called The Maze in Nottingham is shutting down. And they have a ska Sunday. And it was the last one. So mm. uh, we were asked to play, despite the fact that we're technically still on hiatus. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we got together uh, and played a gig for the first time in like eight months. Yeah, it was uh, pretty good. We, um, our new uh, trombone player Denton, it's not his fault. He um, he couldn't make it, so we had our old trombone player Ben fill in, which was really nice to see him again and really nice to play with him again. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I forgot how terrifying he is to to be in a vehicle when he's driving it. <laughs> <laughs> he literally cannot like. Any manoeuvre he does in a car, he shouts at anyone else on the road and calls them a bellend. He's, he's a lot better than he used to be. Oh, he, I think having two kids chilled him the fuck out. But still, he's still so angry on the road. It is just terrifying. He's so nice in real life. Yeah, I know. I know he's like the nicest guy in the world, but then he get, put him behind the wheel of a car and he just starts frothing at the mouth. Uh, but how, did, did everyone enjoy playing playing a gig again? I loved it. Uh, did everyone was everyone okay? Like uh, you know, like remembering shit. Yeah, I was okay, but because um, I'm on medication now, it made me a bit spacey, so I fucked up a lot. <laughs> I think that's that's probably an okay excuse. You see, I had a weird thing where for the first like four songs of an eight song set. I just completely fuck up the basic chord structures of things and for the first rep of it because 
muscle memory apparently doesn't kick in for the first 10 seconds. <laughs> and then it kicked in. And then I remember, like, oh, because all this, the more complicated things that I had to play were later on in songs, all the complicated stuff I never messed up. But it was all of the easy things that normally I'd be on autopilot doing, but I couldn't quite autopilot, possibly because it was a fucking ridiculously hot on stage. It um, really was so hot. Almost as hot as it is in France right now. <laughs> but it was also really nice to see a bunch of channel viewers who came in. Yeah, uh, no, that was rad. Saw. So um, thank you for coming, the people that did. And uh, hello again. Hello and again. we're sorry for who we are as people. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, we've gone a bit heat crazy there. But it was it was still really nice to hang out with you all. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was nice. Um, but yeah, uh, anyone else have anything to say about the gig? I thought it was really fun, and I'm looking forward to when Drumblebum comes back so we can start doing more gigs. Yes. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because it was fun. And then maybe mm. we can write, like, in the next ten years, we can write, like, two more songs. Yeah. That'd be nice. Look, all you need to do as a band is write about 20 songs and then play never those write forever. anything else. And play those for, like, Very occasionally learn a new cover. Yeah. Every now and again. You... Or steal a new cover off someone. <laughs> Shh, it's fine. I think most of our covers we have stolen. Because <laughs> um, we stole Propane Nightmares from another band. Who yeah, don't in exist. our defence, they shouldn't have done it so fucking terribly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we stole Call Me Al from Mr. Wolf as a joke. And then we do Goldfinger's cover of 99 Red Balloons occasionally. I think the only cover that we didn't steal was uh, when we do 40 seconds of Baby Got Back. <laughs> yeah. That's an original cover that we <laughs> do own. Do not steal. Do not steal our original <laughs> cover. Um. It's ours. Copyright us. You can't steal it. But we can steal uh. any other cover we like. But anyway, I'm supposed to be the one keeping some kind of uh, structure here. So, Matthew. Yes, hello. Drummered Matthew. Hello. What have you been up to? I have been back in the UK, obviously, for the gig. Yes, well, we it would back. be pretty fucking impressive if you weren't. <laughs> yeah, just do it by Skype, it'll be fine. No, he just <laughs> has really long arms. Um, while I was back, we had a D&D session. We did. Which we will talk about after our sections. We will. Um, I went to see Enshikari when I got back from in France, which was fun. Uh, yes. I've liked them since I was a teenager and they, they, they just seem to somehow get better <laughs> so that was very good um, I don't have much else to say It was I was travelling and then it was too warm to do things but I do have one thing to talk about I watched a new Netflix series Okay. which I started I stayed at, I stayed with our, our singer Dicko which some of you some of you guys know we should blame him yeah it's probably his fault um, yeah. I stayed at his house before the gig and we watched the first four or five episodes with him and then I was like well it's only ten episodes so I might as well finish it so I downloaded them onto the Netflix app thingy and watched them on the plane um, Final Space yes I keep getting recommended that um, I hadn't and I hadn't heard of anything about it you see because it's like a Netflix animated thing I think I still had uh, the horrible flashbacks to watching like five episodes of Disenchantment mm-hmm. um, so I was a little bit reticent to try it but Every person I've heard mention it says it's great. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's better than Disenchantment, but that says nothing for it, because nothing is <laughs> not better than Disenchantment. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I enjoy it. It's t- 10 episodes, 20 minute long animated Netflix original thing. I think made by a YouTube guy. I had a little tiny look into it. 
Okay. Um, and I think the guy was YouTube, and he like basically pitched it, and a few people in like YouTube Premium tried to get it on there, and a few other things, and it ended up on some American network. I can't remember. TBS is that a network? I can't remember. Anyway, CBS? it's now it's on Netflix. I might be getting confused. It's warm. Anyway, it's it's on Netflix, and it's quite good. I it's. Okay, so I have two apologies. First off, to everyone who doesn't know what Dicko is, this will mean nothing. And secondly, to Dicko, if you're listening. <laughs> but it's a very, it's it's a very Dicko series. You know when he recommends okay. us stuff, and that means things to you guys. I don't know how you're going to translate yeah. that to everyone else. I think in you short, know that it's friend that you have who is wonderful. You love them dearly as like a sibling, but. They like things that are terrible. <laughs> okay, it's this, okay, this isn't terrible, so that, but, yeah. <laughs> but they like things that are it, bad. I think, I think How... a more polite and tactful way of putting <laughs> it is that the friend you have that likes a lot of things that are very different to your taste. <laughs> so whenever they recommend something to you, you have to factor that in. Mm. So I'll say, first, I did, in, I did enjoy it, so it's not terrible. So it's not like some of his recommendations. I just wanted to be super inflammatory but, and silly. <laughs> but it's it's very loud and abrasive. It's a little bit slightly veering on the edge of a bit too much, you know, lol random. Yeah. This sort that sort of, you know, it's funny because it's weird or something, but like slightly too much. Not too too much, if that makes sense, but it's definitely pushing the borderline of that. Um yeah. It's very silly. But it's also like Oddly charming and quite sweet at playing places, so I think that sums up Dicko quite well. <laughs> Again, sorry if you're listening. <laughs> Love you, dude. He's not listening. He doesn't listen to these. That's fine. Um, but it was good, and it was only yeah ten episodes of twenty minutes. And apparently, there is a lot. There's quite a lot of like stuff behind it and things when you look into it a little bit more. But does it have deep lore? It has some lore, I think. But yeah, overall it was it was good. It was nicely animated. Um, voice acting was good, if not well, again on the veering on the slide of a little bit shouty. You know, you've watched mm. Adventure Time. You know, Lemon Grab. Yeah, it wasn't quite like that, but a lot of the characters kind of shouted a bit like that, basically all the time. Oh, okay. Oh dear. Not not qu- not qu- not quite that bad. So, so but I just that cause that's the first thing that came to my head to compare it to. But it's not. It's nowhere near that abrasive. But it is sort of getting that way sometimes. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not describing it very well. I did enjoy it. And there is a second series coming out, which I will watch at some point. But I'd be slightly hesitant to recommend it to people. One of those that you can say, you'd you'd say, give it a shot. Yeah. But, you know, with, with the caveats of the... You might not get on with it. Yeah, but I guess if it's only like ten episodes and they're twenty minutes long. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, yeah, if if you watch it, you don't. I wouldn't blame anyone for not liking it, but also I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people do really like it. So mm. for me, it was like what? quite enjoyable, but yeah. Well, as I say, I've seen a, a lot of people have recommended it to me, uh, and I've just not got round to it. Mm. Yeah, you have to give it a chance, and I'll be interested to mm. hear what you say. <laughs> I'll come back here next the next time and just be like, "It was shit." <laughs> Why did you recommend this? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I can see why people would absolutely love it. And I can see why people would really not like it. And they're both right. Yeah. So it's one one of those. It's not object... I'd struggle to say if it was... I mean, it's well made. So I guess in that sense, it is objectively good. But I'd struggle to say as to whether... To judge as to whether people would enjoy it or not. Hence my hesitant hesitant recommendation. (laughs) I mean, it's worth giving a try. Again, like I've said with a few other things, if you've got Netflix already, you might as well give the first episode a try just to see. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's basically me done, I'm afraid. Just been a tad warm. Fair enough, fair enough. How many hugs did you give Ruth when you got home? Well, a lot, annoyingly not that many, because I got home, and then she's like a crazy busy, like, two-week period at work at the moment. And then I got home, like I said, my parents turned up the day after I got home. They stayed for a couple of nights, and they left about an hour ago. And then we've got new, we've got three more visitors arriving in about four hours. And then they they leave tomorrow morning, and then tomorrow evening we've got another couple of visitors coming for the weekend. So it's just like crazy, crazy hectic. Oh well, you need to give Which... Ruth a bunch of hugs. When you can. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not the right weather for being this busy. <laughs> no, not at all. Man. Absolutely but not. We'll cope. I guess I can't really complain, to be honest. It's nice. It's really nice having visitors. So it's just. I mean, we booked them all in. Like, or not? Well, they all asked like you know months ago. And we're like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be it'll be a bit tiring, but it'll be fine. We could just about cope. And then the weather happened. We're like, well, we can't say no to them now. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell them to fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah. <when> you, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they show up and you just like, no, sorry, no, sorry. too warm. Go home. My parents drove here, so I mean, <laughs> just go. No, sorry, you have to drive home again. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it probably wouldn't take them a massive amount of time to drive home. So. And they did have aircon in the car, so I mean... And they have windows that they can open, so it's actually probably a, a kindness. Well, um, driving in a car is probably superior to you recording this podcast right now, so... Yeah, yeah I'd say so. <laughs> anyway, that's me done before I start saying something incredibly inappropriate due to heat, so... <laughs> so, Snipe, what have you been up to for the last few weeks? Honestly, not too much apart from gig and D and D and and stuff. Because like, so we talk about mental health a lot on the podcast, and uh, I've been having a real hard time with it. Like, the past few months have been pretty horrible, and I've just I've gone back on my antidepressants, which I haven't been on for years, years and years, and. The first two weeks are kind of an adjustment <laughs> period because there's a whole lot going on with your body chemistry. Yeah. So I've been going, I've basically been going through the symptoms like a tick box. <laughs> like it's a fucking like set of achievements. <laughs> and like I've been going from kind of like feeling numb and getting severe vertigo to like basically borderline manic episodes yeah and now i'm going through the thing where i'm aching and i'm exhausted all the time just uh, I, I tend to kind of cycle through one new symptom a day yes yeah, it's, it's i mean i guess at t- least... uh, this one's been going on for a couple but... you get you're getting you know you're getting bang for your buck yeah i mean you know? you've got, most you've people... got to catch them all so yeah, most people would, would only get one, like, side effect, or maybe, like, two or three, whereas you're, like, looking at the list and going, okay, I'll have that one, I'll have that one, I'll have that one. Honestly, it's just a yeah. dart at a fucking yeah, board right just, now. just getting your money's worth. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of meant that I've not really been able to commit to anything in the past couple of weeks, because, like, my brain chemistry is realigning, and I'm getting all those symptoms out of the way. And going to A and E because I get panicked about my body going numb. <laughs> yeah, it was that was the thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. It's it's okay. Like I did like we phoned up the non-emergency line and the woman was so nice. She was like, she was Scottish, which immediately put me at ease. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, don't you know describe your symptoms and all that. And I'm like, well, I'm f- feeling so dizzy. Like I like the room is spinning. Also. 
my body is like numb, but also I'm getting like horrifying electric shock. And I told her what tablets I was on, and she she was really nice. She was like, "Okay, you need to get to the emergency walk-in center. Um, that's 1.8 miles from you." And then I, I mentioned, I was like, oh, that's not far. We could walk that. And she was like, excuse me, you are not walking. <laughs> like, and she like, for like a good couple of minutes, she was like, promise me you won't walk. <laughs> promise me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> Scottish mum, I won't. <laughs> it was actually really lovely. Aww. But yeah, it turned out that it was just symptoms kind of being bad. Because like I've mentioned before, when I get really, really stressed, my body basically mimics stroke symptoms. <laughs> so yeah. I think it was like a bit of that residual stress mixed with some side effects just really hecked me up. But I'm okay. And I'm, I'm, I've adjusted a hell of a lot better. Good. And I'm about to... I've got to go back in in a few days to the doctors and basically tell them how I'm getting on and then decide if I'm going to bump up my dosage and go and continue forward with this particular medication. Yes. So, fingers crossed, everything goes well. So, yeah. Um, but side effects that, aside, is it, are, are, you, are you feeling any better? I am feeling a lot better. Oh, I mean, good. that's the weird thing. They tell you that it will take about two weeks to start working. But, I mean, I was out in town when I took my first tablet. And I think by the next day, I felt so much fucking happier. Mm. Like, without wanting to dwell on, like, depression too much and, like, the symptoms I suffer from. Like, it was, like, after a few days and I remember looking at Wib and going, I haven't burst into tears for no reason in, like, four days. And I was so shocked. (laughs) (laughs) yeah because like it was literally i couldn't go like a day without like having at least like one really horrible emotional meltdown and it was like yeah no this isn't good so i i need to like get better and like i've I've done counseling and stuff which does help but sometimes your chemistry is so fucked unfortunately like antidepressants are the only way to go and yeah, the the symptoms haven't been fun, but honestly, the fact that I'm leaving the house now and I feel a mm. lot more positive about things has honestly given me such an, a, a new lease of life. Oh, nice! It's absolutely amazing. Good. And the, the side it's effects really died nice. out, right? They're not. They're not there. They died out. They, yeah. Once your body's sort of used to it a bit, so you just have yeah, to r- ride the wave, I guess, for a bit. And... Yeah, that, it's just the adjustment yeah. period that can be pretty pretty shaky. Yeah, it's like notoriously yeah. rough. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to like, like you know take anything away from what you've had to deal with, but they will they do get better. So. No, they do. They they have gotten a lot better. It's like you know I'm still kind of getting like like maybe a little bit. I'll have like a little bit of a numb sensation in my right arm or whatever, but that's kind of like really easing off now, especially because like, I'm yeah I'm coming up on like. I think I'm like uh, a week and a half at this point. I'm like a week and a half out of the two weeks, so it's it's like definitely started to like chill out quite severely, which is very welcomed. <laughs> but yeah, you got to go back to the doctors, and then they'll be putting me on a hundred milligrams if I've been doing well with it. Yes. So that sounds even better. <laughs> so yeah, and because of that, I have done fucking naffle. <laughs> <laughs> I've basically just been apart from yeah, like shared stuff i've just been playing the sims 4 and just chilling out which i have been enjoying the sims 4 and long fang like the dick he is got me 
the vampire expansion because then it <laughs> unlocks like a spooky a spooky area <laughs> and it introduces like weird rpg elements to it where like if you have a vampire sim which you can just create vampires now that's good <laughs> you can like like you start off as like a fledgling vampire and then you have to like read about vampire lore like on the internet or order books about it <laughs> and then like by feeding on people or like getting trained by higher ranked vampires you basically level up and get a bunch of skills <laughs> okay i'm just going to say the people making the sims is it still maxis the maker or is Maxis, Maxis dead? Maxis is yet? like a dead shell. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just it's there's just it's just a name ah, attached. Yeah. To well, it. well, whatever poor sods are currently making the Sims, did they just play a bunch of Vampire the Masquerade bloodlines? <laughs> Probably. Right, we should play with this everything... in our game. Because yeah. everything you've told me there is like literally a mechanic. No toilet in door handles, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. So it's not entirely there. But no, like you can do things like. Um, like, like an interesting thing is like every like few skill points you have to take a point in a weakness. That's mm, interesting. Okay. So That's like, cool. oh yeah, you can like take this where you can just you have a a vampiric allure that you can kind of activate, so everyone finds you super attractive and like charming. Or the drummer map button. Can, the drummer map button, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or um. Or I told you I was delusional at the point. At this point, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I think you're incredibly charming. <laughs> but yeah, um, or things like oh, you can read other Sims' minds to kind of figure out their <laughs> likes and dislikes, or you can like basically like cast suggestion and make them clean your house or whatever. <laughs> nice. And like after every so many points spent, you have to take a point in a weakness, which is like oh, you're extra sensitive to sunlight. Or your um, you can only sleep in a coffin, versus you can sleep anywhere, but you regain less vampire energy when you do sleep. And it's interesting because they only have like four bars of like needs, so they have like thirst, hygiene, fun, and social. I think, and like they literally can be awake for days and days because they have like this huge vampire energy bar. That it goes down when you cast like a vampire spell. Ah, so it's got to pay double duty. So it makes sense that it's big. Yeah, but it does take forever to deplete. It's quite cool. And if it's like depleted, and you go outside in the sun, it'll like kill you. <laughs> but yeah, and like yeah, that that's been fun. They also have dark forms. So like you create like a um, you create like a nice human looking sim, and then you can also create the dark form. Which can look like literally a Nosferatu. They have like they have the Nosferatu teeth and the and the Count Orlock um, like costume, which is just like that's fun. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, or you can just make them look like weird vampires the whole time. It's fine. But yeah, so that that's do they live in the house cool. with other normal Sims? They can. Do the other normal Sims notice or mind? No, it's just it's just kind of like a oh, moving on. Like they don't really notice. Awesome. And like when like I made a vampire, and like 
when you move into a house in The Sims, it has like a welcome party <laughs> that comes around of all the neighborhood Sims, mm. and they just come in and sit around and like they bring you fruitcake that everyone hates. Apparently, <laughs> they all get like a negative moodlet for eating it that says like, "Oh God, fruitcake's gross. Who even eats this stuff?" And it's like, "I fucking love fruitcake, you blasphemers." I'm on the side of The Sims here. <laughs> oh, I'll eat your fruitcake. It's fine. And like, that's a weird but, threat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fucking eat your fruitcake, mate. What do you think to that? But yeah, and like one sim she got on like really well with, and then like you know he kept coming over. And the thing is, they won't just randomly like attack somebody unless their thirst bar is like dangerously low, right? Or you tell them to. Yeah. Um, and it even tells you like in the um the vampire kind of like menu, it's like. Oh, yeah, uh, you can just forcefully feed off this person, but other Sims will react negatively to this. <laughs> really? And I'm like, that's fair. I would imagine so. However, if you're, like, good enough friends with them, you can ask them politely if you can have, like, if you can drink their blood, and they go, sure, here's my wrist, and then you basically just start gnawing on their wrist. <laughs> And then, like, you get, like, a positive mood look for, like, mmm, that was tasty. And then, like, your friend Sim just doesn't, like, is just fine with it. So this there is, is a cooldown on do it. Do they get so a positive thing like... from it because they're turned on by it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, that would make sense, though. But, yeah, and, like, I had, the, I had it where this Sim would come around a couple of times a day just to, like, talk to my vampire Sim. So it was, like... Basically, she got a free meal every day. Was, you was... can order blood packs from the fridge as well, from, nice. from the computer as well. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's also like a fun thing where you can like you can turn into a bat and fly, nice, and like travel as a little bat, which is Good. actually really cute. Good. I think you can actually woohoo, which is the Sims' term for sex, <laughs> while in bat form. <laughs> With, I'm going to have to try with that With other out. bats or with other humans? With, with other bats. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes, with well, other bats. I mean, I hope you I just thought I'd have to check. You see, now, if it worked like um, Discworld vampires, where they can't turn into a single bat because, you know... Displacement. Yeah, like, they, they actually have to, you know, transfer into equal mass. Um, so they transfer transform into, like, a flock of bats. Yeah. Well, what's the collective noun for bats? Is, is it a swarm? I don't know. A snuffle. A snuffle, yeah, why not? Yeah, a snuffle. Okay, sure. Let's go with that. Um, I like bats. bats but, uh, but apparently it's really irritating if one of the bats gets like caught in a chimney or something. Because <laughs> you can reform, but you just feel like you just feel slightly wrong until the other one comes back. Yeah. And it should have been called a Gotham of bats, and I feel mm. really daft now. Yeah. It's fine. Oh. It's fine. Um, Fake you could, fan. I'll Fly just me take, out of the We can just take that bit where you say Gotham there, and then... Impose that earlier. No, it wouldn't be honest. It wouldn't be honest. No, I just call I, it a snuffle Gotham. There we go. No, let's not do that. Let's let's move on. Let's okay, move on. Okay, fine. But yeah, so that's that's kind of been helping. I've just been like listening to like YouTube videos. Like, I can't really listen to Critical Role while I'm playing it because I'm too invested <laughs> in The Sims, which is really annoying. <laughs> Because, like, there's a lot to read in The Sims, so I'm, like, mm. just reading around. Also, a uh, development on how I said last time, how you can have, basically, like, um, you can decide what clothing set a Sim wants and whether they can get pregnant regardless of, like, gender. Yeah. Yeah, I found there's just a bunch of pride flags in there by default. Oh, that's nice. Which is, like... I mean, corporate rainbows aside, that's still really cool. 
Oh yeah, well you because know. Because you, you like and they have quite a lot in there. They have like the intersex flag and Oh, so it's not just the the It's pride not just flag the pro, it's not just like the rainbow pride flag. They've got oh, the okay. bi flag, they've got the non-binary, they've got the pan flag. They've got loads of them. Okay. And that's I was cool. really really impressed with that. And then they have like they have like pride shirts, but they look like the crappiest reskin. <laughs> they they do look really bad actually. But I mean it's 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 a it's a nice gesture at least. So yeah, that's basically all I've been doing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Apart from, you know, side effects. Remember <laughs> side I've been suffering side effects, so heck off. <laughs> it's fine. I don't think anyone's going to judge you for that. <laughs> I kind of do, which I shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. No, not at all. But it's fine. But yes, that's me done. Wibberlich. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not, can you? <laughs> I can't. What have you been up to, darling? I have been up to many things. Yeah. Um, I think he's been like doing the most out of all of us. <laughs> of, of many different varieties as well. So uh, I'll get a couple of uh, wargamey things out of the way. Cool. Okay. Um, so uh, I've been playing with the new contrast paints. Ooh, They're yeah. Fun. Uh, that GW has released. I now, like how they mix. What you mean? How you can blend them? Yeah, I like I like that you can blend them. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, just just to give a little bit of framework for this, especially if you know you're not somehow you, you've not heard about this. Uh, basically, new set of uh, kind of paints that have been released by Games Workshop. Um, that are there to basically make it very easy to paint things because they're basically, as as the tagline goes, you use one thick coat and then you've basically got that colour done. So you can add highlights to it, you can add other things to it, but like fundamentally just one coat will be enough to have like a decent look. But yeah, they came out and I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, so we were originally going to do a video on it, uh, but it... Didn't. A lot went wrong. It just it, it just wasn't up to snuff. So rather than put up a slightly crap video, we thought just fuck it and didn't bother. Um, but I thought I'd uh, you know put forth my findings of, of contrast paint here, so at least it wasn't just completely wasted buying yeah. those and, and stuff. Yeah, I mean you've 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 used it more than I have. So yeah, please. Um, so. I've uh, I've tried it on a couple of different things because I, I now I know that it doesn't explicitly say this on the website and stuff, but I've seen some people who think this so, and it does sort of imply that this could be the case. So basically, you don't need to use the specific contrast base coats with it. You can use anything. In fact, I've used Humbrol base coats, um, and it's fine. Um, and you can get some interesting effects by doing it on the other colours. Now, I've tried it over just plain white, and I've tried it over Lead Belcher, which is the silver metallic colour. Um, because it's sli- you know it's slightly see-through, and it lets what's beneath it come through, which is how it gets the highlights um, in it. Because, effectively, what the contrast paints are, are just a thick wash. Just a big daddy um, wash, yeah. That's very <laughs> vibrant, um, so you don't... Because normally washes look washed out Um, if you just do them onto white or a very light colour whereas these look very still look very vibrant so uh, I've just you know I've discovered a few things about them so I've tried the yellow Uh, I can't remember what it's called offhand but it's it's the the, you know the one that you'd use for imperial fists and I've painted some epic imperial fists 
So just the really, really tiny space. That's, that's, tiny a, that's a small one. You're not just rating, rating your own paint job. No, he's no. just like, oh, dude, it was so epic. <laughs> no, the the epic scale ones, the super, super tiny uh, marines. Baby because it's qu- they're quite good for those, uh, those because you don't want to have lots of coats, especially if you're doing something like yellow that's a bit of a pain in the ass to paint. Um, just being able to just spray them white and then just paint this yellow over them and then they're pretty much done. Hell, with if you're doing the yellow, you can paint the black of the guns and like I've done third company, so they've got red rims mm. uh, because it's a classic look. Because I wanted to have them look like the ones from when I first started playing, so I've even given them like goblin green bases and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, they always used to do them as third company. They still do sometimes, but like that, that was, they were always shown third company yeah, back yeah. in the day. So, well, when I was collecting anyway, I first started collecting. Um, but if you do that, because obviously that's red and the guns are black, then you can paint the yellow over those, and they won't, and they'll just completely come through because of the nature of the paint. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, works really well for epic things. Epic's obviously so small, and the detail is so fine on those that you re- that being able to just throw one coat is super useful. So yeah. They won't advertise this largely because they haven't supported the game since, like, 2013 or whatever. But, you know, um, very good for epic models. I've also tried it over Lead Belcher, where I tried red. Uh, I tried, I think it's Flesh Terror red. Uh, so it's, like, a dark red. It just looks like blood. It's terrific. Yeah, so <laughs> and that gives the effect of a almost, like, satin red, like, dark red. It is. It has... It- Honestly, looks gorgeous. It's re- it's, it's really, really nice. interesting effect. Um, however, there are some problems with it. Like the, whilst this stuff looks really good, and it's a really easy way to get um, like metallic colours, because uh, that's obviously been quite difficult to get. Because they really only you can really only get metallics from GW anyway. Yeah, coloured are... metallics have always been impossible for me to do. <laughs> yeah, like you can. There's there's ways and means of doing it, but for the most part, you're kind of stuck with either silver or gold, or having to use washes or glazes over a thing, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. Whereas this is just one coat over it, and it's fine. Um, and I should probably mention that on the things it's meant for to just get like a nice coat over something to like do skin tones and things works works really well. Uh, but the downsides of it are. That a it rubs off relatively easily, so you're gonna have to like varnish your models. Yeah, once so done. so I'd, yeah, advise giving them a varnish. If you don't do that, I mean, I know I don't. I can never be asked. Um, I really should, but I never get around to it. Um, and also, don't let water get into it because it messes with it. So you have to like make sure your brush is dry when you you know start start using it. Um, but the the other thing is, is that it is kind of a bit of a pain in the ass to like tidy up bits. So, like, um, say you've done a, uh, say, say you've painted something entirely in contrast, and then you want to paint iconography on them. Like, you're not using transfers or whatever. Like, because personally, I despise the water slide transfers that you get in in GW stuff and I think that's a large part of the reason why I learned how to freehand iconography is because I hate them so much that I was, a like, stubborn jerk. I was like fuck it I'll just paint it myself <laughs> um, and if you wanted to do that and you messed up and you needed to fix it which is you know when you're doing freehanded stuff that's quite common because it's you know you, you kind of do it mess it up a little bit then tidy it up and it'll look alright um but if you do that, then you've got to obviously like go over it with the base colour again and then go over it with 
the wash again, well, the contrast paint again, and then hope those that lines up with the stuff that's next to it because there's obviously multiple layers of things. It can be a bit, it's a bit awkward to do. Uh, it's not impossible, but it's a bit awkward. Um, but all in all, uh, contrast paints pretty good. Uh, definitely I, an interesting tool. I think they're going to be really useful for, like, say, people who just want like an army. Just say they. They're like a tournament player. They just want an army painted and just get it done quick. Or like people with like mobility disorders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I think it's a really, really cool thing to have. And yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing like you know people get on with it. Like it's it's not the uh, the miracle thing that it was that some people it, I think thought it was going marketing. to be. Marketing. Oh, I mean, yeah. they literally marketed it as like this will literally cure any ailment. It's like it's <laughs> it's a fucking paint. Come on. So it, they're pretty decent. They are a little expensive. So like if you wanted to like get a full set of them to paint uh, an army. Then it'd be a bit much. Let's say at minimum you're probably going to need like say five, six of them, and they're like four pound something. Four pound seventy five each, as far as I'm aware. And then it's another tenner on top for the ex for the spray if you're using the proper spray that's Not been that specially made for it. Not you that you need, need it, it but again. they are they are off whites, so it does give a different effect than just oh. on plain white. So there's reasons why you might want to use it instead. Uh, and then you'll also you probably need a var- the varnish spray as well. So yeah. you know. If you've already got paints, then suddenly having to lay out all of that for like a whole new set of paints, because normally you can carry some stuff across from one project to the yeah. other, and quite often you'll never have, you'll just have the paint you need, and you might just have to buy maybe one or two colours that you don't happen to have or whatever. Um, whereas this, you have to buy like quite a bit if you want to do a full thing. So it's yeah. That, that's a bit of a barrier to entry, but I guess for the people that it's mostly aimed at are people who don't paint, then they're just going to buy those instead of the regular paints and over having to buy multiple shades of the same kind of paint to do the same effect, you know, it probably works out cheaper for them in the long run. So, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so contrast paints, good. They do what they're, they, they do what they're supposed to do and there are some fun effects with them. Uh, what I can't wait to see is in a few months' time when... People have had a real chance to start experimenting with them and to see what stuff you can do with it. Yep. I think that's going to be really fun. <clears throat> um, in other wargamey news, I actually played a game of Adeptus Titanicus. Ooh, nice. <gasps> How uh, did that go? Um, I lost, but not by much. <laughs> so, you know, that's okay. Uh, I played it with uh, our friend Unity um, over Tabletop Sim because he's made a mod for it. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I remember t- uh, hearing talks of like you guys were wanting to play that, but nothing existed. Yeah. So yeah, good on him. Um, but yeah, I won't say too much about it. Cause I've only had one game, but you know what? I actually really quite like it. it. It's one of those games where it feels really complicated when you first go into it, but then after you've had like a, f- a full turn of it, you go, actually, that's really simple. Like um, a round of shooting from one thing is just literally oh roll a dice to see if you hit and then the other person rolls an armor save and then they take wounds in relation to that which is actually knocking down their void shield and then it gets more complicated once void shields are down but you're probably only going to have like five miniatures so it's yeah not a big deal than being individually more complicated um but overall it runs quite fast i will say what i what i would kind of like to do if um 
money was no object and I wasn't such a slow-ass painter, mm-hmm. is I'd quite like to make a, an Adeptus Titanicus army that was based on... I wish I could remember what they were called offhand, but the um, the Warhound Titan Legion that was with the World Eaters and the Heresy. Um, because Warhounds are great fun in Titanicus. Because they move so fast and... You and then, uh, especially if you're going after other warhounds, because it then becomes like they, because you move alternately, you don't move all your forces at once. One person goes, then the other person moves as a unit, and then the other person uses. Seems moves a unit. bit more yeah. fair considering it's very high, uh, high points, low y- model. Yeah, sort of thing. Um, so, uh, but with with warhounds, especially because of how quick they are, like compared to like warlords that move like four inches a turn. Um, these can zip around and you end up like going out like trying to flank each other and going and having one person like try and outflank someone and then them react to that and then the other person try and you know deal with what their action was and it just becomes very tactical and all about manoeuvring and it's really quite fun especially when you manage to like get someone who's tried to go around one way and then you've tr- you've managed to get them in a place where they can't shoot at you, but you can unload, like, um, your Vulcan heavy bolter into the back of them and just tear down all their void shields. Like, it's quite it's quite fun. Uh, I do fear that it's probably going to suffer the same fate as a lot of, like, specialist games of the one day it'll just die with no, like, warning. Yeah. Um, which is a pity, because the models are quite cool. Um, and... If I knew more people that played it, I would be tempted to like try and get a full, <laughs> at least a, a basic like like army. Because I do have a warlord, um, but maybe maybe one day I might buy myself some warhounds for for some fun. But moving on from um, Ooh, just before you move on, I've got a quick question. So, is it all in the game? Is it all you know, Imperial Titans versus Chaos Titans or whatever? Is there any other forces in it with not Titans, but you know, Titan sized things? Um, or is no, it all not, literally just Titans? Not currently. It's set during the Heresy, so... Okay, right. So uh, maybe they'll, they'll expand it later, because after all, um, Adeptus Titanicus was is a re, uh, sort of rehash of the original Adeptus Titanicus that eventually was combined with Space Marine to become Epic. So um, who knows? Maybe they'll add other things to it in time. Uh, okay, and other yeah. races. Who knows? Um, I don't know if they've got any plans for it currently, um, but I, th- I think for now it's just ju- it's just going to be Imperial Titans. Uh, I guess maybe depends on how successful it is. But anyway, yeah. Um, so moving on from from nerdy war game things uh, played on a tabletop to uh, nerdy gaming things played on a computer. Ooh, Ooh. they have games on computers. They do now. have games on computers now. Uh, I've played some of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is the Metroid... Not Castlevania. The not Castlevania. Okay, right, okay. It was developed... Well, the development was led by... uh, I wrote this down because I always forget his name. uh, Koji Igarashi. Koji Igarashi. Who is... That's the boy. He was the producer on the Castlevania series for many years. And then Konami, well, basically decided to be the fucking worst. (laughs) Well, yeah. So he was like, fuck it, Bloodstained. Yeah, basically went off and was like, and put it on Kickstarter and was basically like, I want to make an old school Metroidvania game. Just give me money. And then people did. And then the game's come out and it's oh. very good. Oh, good. Um, it was uh, much like The Sims thing. Uh, this was uh, something that Longfang uh, sent to us because he's a very generous boy. Thank you. Um, and because he knows that I really love the original Castlevania. 
like to a crazy like degree. Really loved um, it. But I've never really got into the later era, like Symphony and uh, post Symphony of the Night era sort of stuff. It, I've never really been uh, like got into them, so it's been interesting to sort of try this one that's so tight, so like harkens back to that stuff, but has a lot of modern like things in it to make it flow a bit better. Um, but yeah, so you play as a as a lady called Miriam who's got a bunch of crystals in her. Uh, and she goes around uh, stabbing demons. Um, you can get a wide variety of weapons and things. Um, if you want something that feels like the whip from Castlevania, then uh, I found the spears, uh, strangely, are the things that feel the most like the whip. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you, you, as you're going along, you pick up shards from the various enemies, which give you special abilities. Um, so, like, one of the first ones you get is just the ability to, like, I think you can fire a fire a fireball, um, and then you can get, like, summon a giant octopus tentacle. Um, Ooh. <laughs> and there's little ones that you get later on. Some of them are quite, like, simple things that allow you to, you know... I think one of them, one of them is where you get the double jump from. Um, Ooh, so that's, that's like a massive just a, quality you know, of life increase. Yeah, um... And some can give you familiars, like, I've currently got a book that follows me around and buffs me. Mm. Uh, but you can also get, like, a giant, you know, swords and monsters or little fairies that will attack, you know, they attack and do other bits and things. Um, however, the greatest one is that there are many things where you can summon an enemy to help you. Like, because the familiars are around all the time, whereas these are, like, summons that last for so many seconds. Um some make sense, like, oh, I'm going to summon these little traps that you can put on the ground, like little little like carnivorous plants. Like, um, The first one I actually got was where you can summon toads. And then I, ju- I was doing it on stream, actually, and I just sat there summoning toads. <laughs> yeah, because, like, froggos are awesome. I can't think of any point in the game where that would have been useful, but I'm all ears if someone can figure it, out. It's a morale booster, um, it's fine. However, the best enemy is a giant round pig <laughs> with wings. Nice. Um, that attacks you, and you can summon those. Oh. Um, and I was doing it all the time on stream, because when I figured out I could do that... Um, why I was why just, would you not? Yeah, I was dealing with all, all my Isn't um, that how opponents. you killed David Hayter? I did throw a lot... Yeah, David Hayter's uh, a voice actor in it, and yes, I hit him with a lot of pigs. <laughs> uh, there's actually two bosses that I, I beat earlier today... Uh, one of which was like this double dragon thing. It's, it's, it's literally a two-headed dragon thing. Yeah, not, it's like not a doggo hit... dragon and yeah. it just bites you. Or maybe they're twins. You never see the other side of them. It's so like cat-dog, but it's dragon-dragon. It might be cat-dog. <laughs> I don't actually know. Or was it two separate things? It w- wasn't clear from how you fight it, but it felt like it was one enemy. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a, according to a guide I looked at, because the thing afterwards that you need to do, I couldn't work out what I was supposed to do because I forgot about something. And I looked up a guide and it said, oh, this boss is really hard. It's like one of the hardest in the game. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like, all the ones I fought were harder. But, you know, whatever. Why isn't there like a heaven, like hell oh, versus no. hell mode? Mm. No, no, it's not that. It's just, it was just weird to pick out this one as being one of the hardest in the game. And I'm like, yeah already I fought ones that I thought were harder. So, whatever. Um, but yeah, it turns out I just throwing pigs at them works quite well. Um, because well, that's, that's probably where that person went wrong, though. Because as the thing advances, <laughs> uh, the pigs are bouncing around, just hitting it like five or six times, like in quick <laughs> succession. Um, 
So you're basically just throwing bouncy balls at things. Yeah, I also fought one um, that was like a, a speed-based character who zips around everywhere on the screen, but he goes from like reflective surface to reflective surface as well. Which so it's since, basically a JoJo stand. Yeah, since we literally watched the episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that has the hanged man in it, yeah, um, which basically does that, like, yesterday... That was kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> was that's, like, oh, that's, that's a bit serendipitous. I'm just fighting a JoJo now. Um, but it turns <laughs> out that, again, the, he can zip around all he wants, but if I filled the room to the brim with pigs, uh, <laughs> and he's being injured constantly by the pigs, uh, he's, he's See, not that's, quite See, that's good. what Polnareff should have done. He should have filled the room with pigs. It would have been over really yeah. quickly. Uh, but yeah, it's quite a fun, it's quite a fun game. Uh, the absolute best part... Um, in its entirety, is that there are a, a type of enemy, there's, there's various kinds of them, that are like a big knight dude, and when you kill them, they drop their weapon, and they just stand bolt upright, shaking their fists, going, <laughs> They sound like your dad getting out of a chair, you know? They just um, kind of go, Ugh. Ooh! <laughs> it's like, and it's, what? It's fantastic, <laughs> it's and I love it. It's the funniest fucking it may, noise. It's, it, I, I've killed probably a hundred of them, and I have laughed every time. <laughs> it just... I, I love it. It's uh, like, ooh, you gosh darn kids. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, can, I can recommend it as a game. It is pretty good. It, it's... Um, as someone that's not the biggest into Metroidvanias, I don't hate them or anything, but like... I know it's one of those sort of genres where there's people who, they're into it. That's their genre. And that's their genre. And that's never been me. Um, so I was wondering how into a game that is trying to be the most Metroidvania of all Metroidvanias, <laughs> if I, if that would be for me. And it turns out, yeah, it's just a good game. So, awesome. yeah, um, can, uh, can wholly recommend it. Um, I've also watched a bunch of television shows Ooh. on my television. Mm. Oh, um, so a couple of things that I've only watched a little bit of, but I'll, and I'll probably fill in actual detail of in later podcasts. But I started watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion because it's been put on Netflix. Yeah, and I've never watched it, and I wanted to see whatever you know what all the talk about it was. Um, Sorry, I just remembered how you tried to watch it as a dub. Now, before anyone gets super mad, dubs v subs, whatever you personally prefer. But I always prefer subs. Yeah, I do too. Because yeah. a lot of the voice acting has to either talk super fast and unnatural just to fit up with the mouth movements. And there's a lot of issues there. But, like, uh, didn't they release it with the new dub? Yeah, it's got a new dub. And yeah. it's not good. I could only stand to listen to it for half an episode. This and that is... was because the subtitles went out of sync. Yeah. And even then I did see her through gritted teeth. Because, mm. um, like, the, yeah. the woman that Shinji lives with is just like, Oh! I'm drinking so much beer! Oh, ha- try some noodles! Shinji, are you okay? Do you want a bath? Oh! I'm so... This is like, what? I mean, maybe it's better at other points. Maybe I just oh, was in no. it at the worst possible point. But, like... Ooh, it just... It that's like... what I think of when I think of dubs yeah and i just prefer to hear it in japanese because it's so much less irritating (laughs) and i i literally like as somebody who's partially deaf i'm so used to subtitles it doesn't distract from anything so i might as well just do that yeah um but yeah i can't speak for the overall quality of the dub because i've only heard one small part of it but it it annoyed me enough to not want to 
watch it. Uh, and I've heard there's some stuff like there's apparently the r- removal of a line that is, or at least a changing of a translation of a line that um, insinuated a character was um, gay, I think. Oh, I've seen that. It's just like some guy saying, oh, yes, I didn't know that he loved me oh, or something like that. But yeah, um, so so watching through that, um, Shinji getting the robot and all that, um, we'll, we'll report back when I've seen the whole thing. Uh, all I will say is there's a, lo- a lot of shots that linger on bits of women. Ooh, ooh, that feels bad. It's like um, a 90s anime, unfortunately, that was... Yeah, I don't know Pretty if it's. Bad. I don't know if it's trying to go. Again, I've not seen the whole thing, so context is you know important in these things. And because uh, you know you're kind of viewing the world through the eyes of a 14 year old boy, maybe that's what they're trying to go for. But to someone coming into it for the first time, that's indistinguishable from the fan service that permeates anime anyway. Yeah. So you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I've also been watching Ultraman Orb. I am <laughs> Orb. Orb. Uh, who orb. declares I am orb he does. Uh, when he transforms, which is quite funny. It's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, getting getting through that, um, it's, it's fine. It's, it's it's Ultraman. It's 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 a modern, um, relatively modern Ultraman as well. So it's he is orb. He is orb. Um, his his name is orb, and that's just funny to me. But I, I, the other thing I have been uh, watching is I've got through most of the series UFO. Um, which is a Jerry Anderson series from 1970. Um, Jerry Anderson being the guy behind um, Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet and that stuff, um, which I've talked about in the past. But um, but yeah, um, his series UFO, I was actually given a Blu-ray of it by um, Bearded Cyborg at Warhammer Fest, so thank you for that. Uh, because, yeah, I've been watching through it. And that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Um, the basic premise of the show is that... Um, UFOs are coming to Earth, and initially no one's really sure what they're doing, but they are antagonistic. They will take pot shots at people. And so there is an organization called Shadow that's set up that's this secret organization that tries to combat them before they get there. So they have like a moon base where ships are launched from and try and take out the UFOs. And if they get past, then they have planes they send out and, and they scramble and try and get them. Um, and the series is basically about. That this kind of escalating, not really war, because they just keep sending the odd UFO at Earth uh, and trying to screw with with um, Shadow. Like uh, I'll, I'll give some spoilers because I know most people aren't going to go out of their way to watch a series from 1970. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, because it, it turns out that um, you know they're 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 harvesting people is effectively what the, the aliens are actually doing. Um, and, like, because the UFOs, like, the actual UFOs themselves degrade in Earth's atmosphere within, like, a day. So if one lands, like, if or if they, like, um, damage one and it crash lands, they have to get to it quickly. And that's, like, you know, the whole thing. And over time, it basically becomes Captain Scarlet, um, where they're hmm. taking people over or... In some instances, creating duplicates. It's just... So they're the Mr. Ron's Basically, um... Uh, yeah, they, they, without the joy of Captain Black. <laughs> However, uh, the main character um, Edward, Edward Straker um, is played by Ed Bishop, 
who played Captain Blue in Captain Scarlet. Ah. So. Okay. Edward Straker, played by Edward Oof. someone else, who played Captain, Captain Blue with Captain Blue. fucking Scarlet. Yeah. That was... That sentence was magnificent. That was a nightmare. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is too hot. Yes, it is 100% accurate. Oh, it's terrible. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's it's live action, unlike the other things. But yeah, oh, it's, okay. Um, Whoa, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, well, it's uh, it's um in a lot of ways, it's kind of a precursor to Space Nineteen Ninety Nine because I said they have a moon base. Well, um, Space Nineteen Ninety Nine was originally going to be called UFO Nineteen Ninety Nine and would be a sequel. Ah, uh, okay. Um, because the original series was made in nineteen seventy, but it was set in nineteen eighty. Not that you'd know it because it looks very very late sixties, but. Um, <laughs> Good, but it's um, but yeah, I, I've been having a lot, a lot of fun with that. Weirdly, uh, despite having all these kind of sci-fi things with uh, you know all, all spaceships and things, my favourite two episodes have both been ones that have actually been about the main characters' like personal life, because like there's one because basically he's a dickhead, he's a right bastard to everybody. Is he's... that the guy with the wig? Yeah. Okay. Mm. He's got like um, a really like pale blonde wig. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not a wig. It looks it's pretty wig. wiggy. It's hard, honestly, I find it difficult to tell wigs at that era of television because the the way in which everything is shot and everyone's made up, everyone looks really kind of fake anyway. Especially when it's blown up to like um, Blu-ray quality. Yeah, so. yeah, that's fair. Um, but so there's like uh, so he's he's like a real hard ass boss because um, he's the the um, head of the organization Shadow, and. Because of that, you don't get to see him be very human. But then there's like an episode where it's him like hanging out with his kid, and he's like having fun and being like a normal person. <laughs> he's gonna be like, "No, Timothy, no, he's like you're he... playing blocks wrong." But then he, but he's obviously, but he's split up from his uh, from his wife, and so he like takes In the, the seventies, yeah. Um, oh, and so he okay. takes his kid. Well, it's in the eighties. Strictly speaking, yeah. Uh, but he takes his kid back, and and through a bunch of th- a bunch of things, basically, his kid gets hit by a car chasing after him because he was told to leave. And he and then he's got to try, and he's trying to like move resources around that he can get because of being part of this top secret organization to get like a miracle drug that's I don't know a vaccination for getting hit by cars or something. <laughs> a um, bit, bit like you know locking the door after the horse is bolted. Um, but I mean. <laughs> But, but, he needs, but it's basically, I think, I think it's actually like a heart medication because, like, it fucked up his heart when he got hit by the he car. He got hit in the yeah. heart. But stop, stop honing on the on the details. It's not important. Cut to the heart. And he's um, too, too blame. <laughs> but he needs to get yeah. this drug, and um, <laughs> he needs to get this drug to come in, and he's he's like made it so that he, you know, the, the top secret urgent flights that he that is run by this organization. He's got it like coming in on that. But due to UFO shit that's going on, it gets like re uh, rerouted, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And so he doesn't get it in time, oh. and but he can't tell anyone why. And so, as far as his ex-wife is concerned, yeah, he made a promise that he was going to get something for their son, and then he didn't, and then their son died. Oh, Ooh. and it's just hit, and, it's, and he's just like, "Fuck." That's pretty fucking um, grim. Another one is sort of a precursor to that, where um, he he has kind of a flashback to the time, the basically the entire time of them, set, the, the ten years that they were setting up Shadow, and how he got married quite right, right at the start of it, and how this constant secrecy and how he could never say where he was 
took a toll on his marriage and it eventually all fell apart because she was like, well, you're cheating on me. And he's like, no, I'm not. It's like, well, where were you then? I can't tell you. Like, I, 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 it's dangerous for me to tell you. And she's like, yeah, fucking right. Uh, and just, yeah, and it was just a really interesting view of like how that sort of thing of a, a character being involved in this like clandestine organization, how it just would screw with your personal life and sort of explains why he's such a miserable shit. <laughs> um, but no, those two episodes were just really well done. And I just really like them. Like, I like the other episodes too. They're, they're fun in like a, you know, a 60s, 70s sort of sci-fi kind of way. Um, but yeah, it, it, but eventually, it, yeah, it, it has those little little bits of like humanity to it that just really kind of stand out. I don't know. It's, it's quite fun. But I, I like that kind of stuff. And the, the special effects are as what you'd expect from the people that did Thunderbirds and stuff like that. Um, however, the, there is um, a particular ship in it that I'll, I'll just mention as the last thing about this, which is the interceptors that they send out from the moon to hunt down the aliens. They basically have a giant missile on the front that they fire, and it's a single shot, and they don't have any other weapons. So they have three of them, and if they miss all three shots, they're fucked. They don't have any other weapons. Seems right. like a bit of an oversight. They mm. also look ridiculous. Uh, if you're bored and you want to see a really silly design for a spaceship, Google um, Google UFO, um, Jerry, probably put Jerry Anderson in there, and Interceptor. Or well, UFO TV series. Yeah. Interceptor. Or Shadow Interceptor, I guess. It's Shadow without a W. Shadow. Um, but yeah, uh, they look ridiculous and it's it's stupid. Um but still, uh, having fun with the series. Nearly done. I've got like three episodes left. Um, but enjoying that. Um, in my head, I'm making up what a shadow comes. What it stands for as an acronym, and I've come up with um, what did I think? Space help assistance um, department. Do, do. Oh yeah, <laughs> space help <laughs> assistance department. department. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be Shadoy. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's one word. Obviously, it's, okay. Come on. okay, okay, okay. If we, I mean, admittedly, <laughs> nearly Fucking every nearly every piece of media that has to have like a uh, <laughs> yeah has to have like an acronym that spells something out. Is that an, an initialization? I think it's initialization or something. I can't remember. Anyway, um, but if uh, whenever they have that, they tend to bend the rules as to how an acronym works. <laughs> you know what yeah. I to really make want? Yeah. I want something like you know how there's like. Like stars in Resident Evil. Yeah. I want it to be like, like the A being like an F because they just couldn't get around it. So stiffers. <laughs> so it would look like a really cool acronym, like but but it'd look but like one of the vowels is completely fucked. <laughs> it'd look like the Chinese bootleg yeah. things, like you know, like you know when they do like the Star Wars Lego knockoffs, but it's like Star Wars. Yeah. Because they just change like one letter in each exactly. thing, <laughs> and because it's ne- English isn't their native language, they don't yeah. get why that makes no sense. Um, but yeah, um, so enjoying that. However, um, the show that I've watched that I've most enjoyed, uh, which is probably most evident by the fact that I watched all five seasons in like ten days, um. uh, which is I watched the entirety of Steven Universe. Uh, yeah, I saw on Twitter that you said you'd watched it. Mm. Yeah. Um, Steven Universe is really, really good. <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, it's actually something where I, I am probably not going to have much to say about it. A, because I've not wanted to give away spoilers. 
um, but B because it it, it is I, I it's a a show that has, that made me very very happy to just sit down and watch. Um, because I know that you've seen some of it, haven't you, Matt? Yeah, I've watched the first. We tried to after we finished um whatever our last we 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 have a um Saturday morning serials in bed watching cartoons time. Um, and after we got through whatever we were watching previously, possibly Egretico, of which there is more of, I, I still haven't seen. I need to watch it, I know. But anyway, we finished whatever our next, that previous one was, and was like, okay, let's give this a try. I've heard really good things. And we spent, like, three Saturdays, maybe, watching an episode, and quite often we'll be like, okay, we should probably get up. Ah, no, let's watch another episode. But for that, for the for three Saturdays, we watched one episode, and was like, shall we get up? It's like, yeah, let's can't bother with this. So we watched, like, the first three or so episodes, but it never caught us on enough to then, like, stay and watch another episode. And then yeah. that was months ago, and we haven't got around to watching any more than the first three. You see, so... I can understand that, because the first handful of episodes of it sort of establish the world, but mm. are just sort of random episodes of just random shit happening. Yeah, and we didn't not enjoy it. It just it didn't grab us and make us watch the next episode in the way that a lot of the other things we've been watching have. So we just never quite got around to it. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. Um, I Like, I... The the first handful, like maybe the first four episodes or so, are not the strongest, it has to be said. Um, but, you know, because the episodes are only ten minutes long, and they stay mm. that for the entire run, which is really weird. Okay. Because, especially considering there are some big, like, story arcs that go on, yet they still tell them in these ten minute chunks, which is really peculiar. I, I can't really think of another show that has well, Advent, Adventure that. Time was ten minute episodes. That's actually a point. I always forget that I was like that. They usually um, showed two in a row, so but it was yeah, two separate. Is, but it was two separate yeah. episodes. Yeah, I, I always forget like bits of Adventure Time because I know I think I only ever watched like the first season of it. Like I enjoyed mm. it, but I just never got around to watching more of it. Um, but yeah, as as it goes on and the storyline kind of gets deeper and characters grow, like mm. Stephen's kind of an annoying kid at the start, but <laughs> he's a kid, a so you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But over time, he grows, like, so much as a character, and uh, there's so many just little little touches um, in it that just kind of make me happy. I mean, like, the whole show is basically, hey, um, what if we had superheroes... But they, but you know, they they do the whole kind of they have powers and they do all these things. But most of the time, the day is saved by like empathy and compassion. Um, mm. and it's just I don't know, it's just written really well. And even like most of the character, like most of the characters are quite deeply flawed and have some real issues. And it is only through like communication about those and like really getting into it of of you know what they've what they've been through that they get past it and grow like a lot of the characters are very very different uh, by the time they get get to the end or at least have dealt with a lot of the uh, the worst parts of their personality and that's just kind of nice also the music's really nice because <laughs> uh, there's lots of is this something that you know happens as it goes on like there's a lot of original music written for it um, and the background music has a lot of chiptune stuff in it, which makes me happy because I just like chiptunes anyway. Um, but, and this will uh, amuse you, Matt, um, is there is a band that gets formed towards the end of it. Uh, would you like to know what genre this band is? Yes. Well, you know how the Misfits are like a punk band based on like campy horror? Yeah. Uh, how would you feel about a ska punk band that was based on campy horror? That sounds amazing. Yes. 
Um, that's excellent. That's a band that is formed towards the end of the series, oh, which is pretty great. <laughs> Amazing. Have they made this band in real life now? I'm, I'm, I don't believe so, I'm afraid. Because I want to uh, see them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I do, this has, of course, meant because I watched so much of it that I've had the Steven Universe intro theme stuck in my head for oh, yeah. about a week. So. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it is it is a really, really, really good show. Uh, I, I, it does take a little bit to get going um, because it, it starts to tie into like an overarching story. Um, yeah. Towards then, also it takes until the end of season one before it starts getting gay as hell. <laughs> Heck yeah! Because um, my g- is that the official box art quote? Gay as hell. Heck Might yeah. as well be. <laughs> um, well, uh, excellent. I'll put it this way: I, I think it's uh, it's the only kids show I've ever seen that has a gay wedding in it. So, um, and it kind of starts off as subtext and then becomes text. And I think I described it as. <laughs> By the point that I got to when I was telling Snipe about this, I was like, it's gone beyond text, the text of it now, and it's now just big glowing neon letters. Heck yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, ca- uh, you know, a a character in it is also very explicitly, um, you know, a gender. Um, and the apparently all the gems are written as being non-binary, which sort of explains a lot about how they're characterised, because... Um, Rebecca Sugar, who's the creator of it, is non-binary, mm-hmm. and that's and so that sort of was a reflection. Of that. And it's probably why it's probably done well because yeah. she knows, you know, yeah. what that's like. And honestly, yeah, just that, that sort of, that sort of side of things of just being non-conventional. Like most of the main characters are female. The Stevens, mm. like the, the, Stephen and his dad, are basically the only yeah, Stephen main... universe and Greg universe. Yes, his dad, Greg universe. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, they're the only, like, of the... Uh, there's obviously other cast members, but the, of the, the core cast, they're the only ones that are male. And to have, like, a kind of superhero kind of thing. Mm. But uh, but that's done like that is really kind of nice. And also, like, Stephen's got a lot of things that would be... I'm using very heavy scare quotes here. Stereotypically female traits, you know. He he is compassionate. He shows empathy. He's the the you know the voice of of reason when it comes to these things. Um, it's almost like, as if as like basic concepts as empathy and understanding yeah. aren't fucking gender. Yeah, and it portray- <laughs> but it portrays all these things without like taking away from him being a boy. Like, yeah. It's never made a thing. It's just this is who he is, and I don't know. It's just no. Nice. That's, that's that's really mm. nice. I like that. That's really positive. Like just that, that's that's what it is. It's a show that you watch and you go, "This is like there's bad things happen. Like there's like little mini story, little stories about certain characters who were literally going through really quite horrific PTSD from like fucking wars, <laughs> but the show is just nice. Mm. And it has big stories with big, interesting characters. It also means whenever I look at gem, you know, like you were looking at a, um, a site the other day that had like dice made of precious gems and things, and every single one I was like, my brain was just going, oh, that's that character, that's that. Character. <laughs> yeah, subconscious urge to stick it in your belly button. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you do you, just not with my fucking <laughs> dice, okay? <laughs> Um, I, I, it's interesting to see the characters that uh, how how characters like some of them are introduced and how they end up. Um, just mm. just, a, just a really good show. Just oh, yeah, it made nice. me happy. 
We will it, get around again, to watching it at some point, I'm yeah. sure. I, I, and I think it's, once you get into it, it's very easy to binge because they are yeah. 10 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and it unfortunately does have a crossover with a not very good Cartoon Network show called Uncle Grandpa. Oh, Uncle Grandpa's terrible. Which is like lol so random as a show. Hmm. Um, now, I remember seeing it when um, we were around Ash and Sarah's Liara. Like, they had it on for her. Yeah. And Ash was like, fucking Uncle Grandpa. I hate that fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because like for that to be in the same sort of thing. I mean, it does because, uh, you know, the sort of nature of the character. Like it's explicitly stated this is a non-canon episode. But yeah, that's that's a thing. Just go watch Steven Universe. It's good. It's gay <laughs> AF. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. It's it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from that, that is that is all me, me, all done. All me done. Done all me. Welcome to the webcast. <laughs> it's not my fault. You're, you're just overconfident since the last episode where you stole both of our sections. <laughs> yeah, so now you're like just trying to take over the entirety of the podcast. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> I've probably talked about Star Trek for longer in previous episodes. Yeah, very I mean, true. it feels like longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Collectively, certainly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess we should uh, move on to a little bit of D&D. Oh, yes. thank you, my lord. Thank well, you actually... for releasing the podcast back to us. <laughs> I'm going to grasp onto this. And can I actually jump in and, and, and sam- end up sandwiching this with a tiny addendum from my section? Yes. Because I, I, re- I remembered this halfway through one of you guys talking. I have one extra little thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, while I was at Dicko's, we played Starfinder. The role-playing game, as in Pathfinder, but in oh, space. Yeah. Oh, I have a friend who plays a lot of Starfinder. Yeah, I, d- I, don't, I don't have much to say, because we only played... He's, um, Dicko's got the starter box set, so yeah. we just played with that, and because we only had an evening and we were learning the rules and things, we only got about halfway through it and then had to stop, and the chances of the same people being in the same room to finish that anytime soon, I don't know. So I, I don't have that much to say, apart from, yeah, it's, it was really good fun. I really mm. enjoyed it. It's based off... So for those who don't know, which I assume is basically no one, but so Pathfinder <laughs> is a spin-off of D&D. Mm-hmm. When D&D went to 4th edition, a lot of people hated 4th. So they, and a lot of 3.5 edition, which was like the updated 3rd edition D&D, was open source or open rules or something. So a bunch of people basically, in essence, carried on D&D 3.5, but made it their own thing. So none of the settings are the same, but the basic mechanics of rolling 20, D20s and that sort of stuff are based off 3.5. So that's Pathfinder. And then that was kind of going, it's still going now, but most people, mm-hmm. when 5th D&D came out, a lot of people who were playing Pathfinder kind of merged back into D&D because 5th is seen as generally just quite good. 5th fifth, fifth edition is fantastic. Um, and a lot of people still pay for Pathfinder, don't get me wrong. Um, but 5th edition is now sort of the main one. Yeah, but Pathfinder's still going, and Starfinder. I don't know when it's spun off, but it's basically the Pathfinder rules, but with extra rules in for like guns and bits and bobs, and it's all set in space. Yeah, it's basically the sci-fi setting. Yeah, hmm. and yeah, I don't have too much to say apart from I really enjoyed it. I just I, role-playing games are always great. So <laughs> absolutely, we're playing with um, Dicko DM Dick because he's played Pathfinder before. So then I was playing it with two other people who hadn't played a role-playing game before, so it took a little while to sort of encourage them to get into the role-playing side of things. Yeah, Especially yeah. After, after us playing it with, with you guys and like getting more into the role-playing than I would usually have done. 
So it was sort of it was quite fun getting them to sort of come out their shell a bit and get into the more, you know, starting to say things like I did this rather than my character does this and things. Yeah. But it was really fun to go from it from that side with me being the one being like, come on, guys, like just encourage, not telling them off for doing it because however you want to play it is the correct way you play it, obviously. But trying to sort of encourage them to get into a bit more of the role playing side of things was really good fun. Yeah, and the space settings. I like. I like. I do like enjoy this. The space <laughs> setting. I enjoy fantasy setting as well. But yeah, space settings are always always good fun. Um. So yeah, I don't have much else to say for it apart from yeah. If you want to mix up your role playing sessions, I I would. It was it was good fun. Hmm. Cool. Cool. But yes. Anyway, moving on. But yeah. So. With that out, uh, that out of the way, let's let's do the D and D section because we beautiful an... segue there yes. from Pathfinder to Dund. Uh, because yes, we had another session of Dungeons and Dragons in our ca- in our new campaign, mm-hmm. um, and where Ash is the DM, Dramat is the enigmatic crossbow fighter junior. Uh, Wib is the incredibly posh but actually not terrible, and or and or Dicky. Tiefling Samuel Sylvain. Sarah is the lovely, short, older elven druid, and I am Hella. Who is Hella? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't actually get that much done in the session because this was an in-person session. It was mostly our characters getting to know each other, so there was no combat. It was just <laughs> it was just a lot of role playing, talking yeah. to NPCs. When, yeah, when I was listening to the previous podcast episode, we said next time we talk to you, we'll have had a session, but it'll probably just be all chatting in the pub. Yeah, I, I wasn't <laughs> oh, wrong. Shit. Most yeah. of it is chatting in the <laughs> Most pub. Most of it was yeah. just us chatting in the pub. So yeah. there's not a lot to really catch up on, but uh, but we'll go through what there was just because I know people like. Yeah, um, yeah. They like they like us talking this, and it's good to kind of keep you know kind of track keep of where track we of are. It, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, so so when last we left our heroes, and I use the term loosely, <laughs> um, we were making our way back from the library. Yes, because um, we were just going to go back to the pub and have a drink, and then go to bed and see the mayor in the morning. Yeah. Um, on our way back. I suddenly notice that Dramat's character Junior just has a bird now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Bird! I love Bird. Yes, yeah, so it was like a hawk that came and landed on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, mechanically it's a hawk, but it's like a small one that's not like completely obscene to be perched on a shoulder. Yeah. yeah. He's like a little burby. So like, Hella, who very much likes animals is just in love with this burb. So Junior sends her o- sends sends the burb over to sit on her shoulder and like unbeknownst to Hella, Junior orders it to poop. <laughs> this is a reoccurring theme of Hella getting pooped on and not realising. Nothing has happened as a result of it yet, but I'm sure she'll notice when she takes a half plate off. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So like I'm like, oh, this is so cute. I can't speak to animals. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like, I'm standing there and I'm chirping away and I'm talking to this bird and the bird just won't talk to me. And I'm like, this bird is very shy or very rude. <laughs> so I keep, I, go, I, I start going through bird dialects. So I start <laughs> cooing at it like a pigeon. And then I start like, ah, ah, like a crow. And it's just not talking to me. And I'm like... 
Hmm. And like the entire group is watching me do this the whole walk back. <laughs> well, because the thing is, like, because there was some dis, because like there was some back and forth between between the three of you, between the DM and you pair, trying to figure out. Well, well, especially the DM and Matt of trying to figure out if talk if I could to, talk if to talk that to bird. animals would work. Yeah. So then, like. Like which Emma, it didn't. Which it didn't. Like so, but like Hella doesn't know that. She just thinks that the bird was being rude or shy. <laughs> and was it? What is it? Samuel did. He cast detect magic. Oh, I can't. I because you you were obviously not able to talk to it with talk to animals. I was kind of watching this, and so I kind of surreptitiously cast detect magic, and there was no magic on it either. Mm. Um, which is why the only note I took for the entire session was this, was the phrase, I do not trust this bird. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because the note that I was literally told to take was when Hella passes, like, Kit is the bird's name. When Hella passes Kit back to Junior, she just looks at him and goes, I am suspicious as to the nature of your bird. <laughs> which... The DM literally told me to write down because it w- it would make a good podcast title. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we go back to the Lamp and Budgie, which is the tavern that we're currently all staying in, and we well, just you, you guys are staying in. Yeah, you, you come in I and we're just like yet. we have been established. This is Junior, and he's all like, "Uh, hi, okay." <laughs> and we get like we get like a bunch of wine. Um, which I, uh, which uh, I, as Samuel, buy because he's got he's got a fair bit of money and he's quite quite liberal with it. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Beltan just gets like a really expensive three hundred year old bottle of wine. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, sure. Well, I'm not sure if she would have done that if you if you hadn't said you were paying. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Hella was kind of nudging her, going, "He said he's paying. Get whatever you want. Maybe we could get food too." And Samuel's like, oh, "I didn't say food," and I'm like, "Ah, food." <laughs> Luckily, we get free meals anyway because the tavern keeper Demi just likes Beltan and and Hella a lot, so we get free free like board for now. <laughs> Um, Man, I think she just likes keeping Hella around because she keeps putting a foot in it. Possibly, <laughs> possibly. Because she's like walking past the tables, going, "Never lie about like, never lie. Always be honest. Oh, you keep uh, yes. me young." Because that was because Junior tried on the wizard hat that we got, and was like, "That how, how does this look?" And um, I think I may have stated something like, it looks fantastic, never take it off. <laughs> and and Hella respo- responds with, that is a very ugly hat, you should not wear that hat. Like, <laughs> my exact words are, that, that hat is terribly ugly, you look like an idiot. Ah yes, that was the word. But it wasn't in a mean way, it was just, That's, you just look stupid. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And then I had a discussion with, uh, with Hella about how sometimes you don't say everything that enters your head. Uh, when Beltan took me aside and was like now instead of saying he looks like an idiot maybe say something like I don't think it's for you (laughs) and she was like okay don't think it's for you right and then like we started talking about our backgrounds and 
And I, I won't tread on anyone's toes. I'll let everyone talk about their own backgrounds. So. Yeah, I, I sort of went into a little bit that I am hunting for a character called the Lifebringer, who is a necromancer, and that he's who I've been after. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I gave too many details. No, you just kind of said that you know, like um, they're a very dangerous individual that you've travelled, that you've travelled a long way mm. following, and they go by many different names. And that's pretty much it, actually. I gave a little bit of... I, I, I think I made it sort of obvious that I was from noble stock, originally. I mean, it's fucking obvious anyway. <laughs> so you, you speak super posh, you dress very well, and you're paying for 300 old bottles of wine for people. It's pretty fucking obvious <laughs> you're of noble birth. Um... But yeah, cause you, you obviously you gave a little bit of, of what Junior does as well, Matt, didn't you? Well, yeah, I said I, I don't think I went into too much detail you actually, didn't know. about why I'm doing anything. Just cause it did, not because I, he wanted to hide it or anything, just because it never really came up. Um, I think like the most kind of thing we got out of him was like he's been doing it for like 15 years. Yeah, that, yeah. To which like Hella very appropriately said, I don't think it's for you. <laughs> because that's her new fucking... Someone's taught her something now. That's She's like it. a parrot. A little bit. Or a five-year-old. Yeah. A five-year-old <laughs> yeah. that has, like, a 17-armor class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this point, Beltan said that she, she'd been doing the, you know, the adventuring, one, exploring around thing for, like, a hundred years or something. Yeah, so we were like, oh, shit, that oh. fucking how old are you? Jesus. <laughs> and Hella's like, I've been doing it for, like, a month. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I've been doing it for a month, and I'm having so much fun. It's great. <laughs> It's like to be fair, as Hella, I think I was like, oh yeah, no, I left, um, I left my town and I just walked to rec- like from from my town to to Glimmer slash Oniston, the town that we're in now. I was like, ah, oh, this is my first job. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> um, I look forward to doing this for 15 years, though. Uh, but I remember that um, Demi, the barkeep. Um, was it was it she who said that we were needed that uh, the people who dealt with the library the mayor wanted to speak to us yes um so basically that that sort of leashed my character to the rest to to the rest for that thing cuz it's like oh well i guess i i was involved in that guess i'm coming along i guess i've got to go along to that um and heller so- is just like in love with Junior, and she calls him June Bug, and he's coming along whether he wants to or not. <laughs> How pissed off is Junior at her con- constantly calling him June Bug, by the way? Well, to be fair, I think he's noticed that you do it to everyone, so I was just like, yeah, yeah okay, this is just. I've known you for approximately two hours at this point, or whatever. Or no, overnight, so if you, over half a day. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's just Hella being Hella. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pick that up yeah. after half a day. She, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's not rude, she's just yeah. not great with names. But yeah, to kind of summarise so we don't get too bogged down and stuff, it was really just, just the characters getting to know it, it each other. It was a mixer, so like, our characters could kind of introduce each other and kind of get a feel for kind of, you know, character interactions and share a little bit of yeah. backstory. And we, just, we, just... Did, we, did, we did go off to the blacksmith as well. Yes. We did, we did. That was the next morning we went off to the blacksmith. Um, because as um, Samuel will have noticed, in the morning... You can, because you can see over the bar into the kitchen at the back, and there's a door that opens inwards, and you can kind of see like 
a hand coming in and like with some weird metal kind of like pincers. More importantly, like, a spider limb. Spider mm. limb kind of coming in and taking the food and leaving. Samuel was quite shocked to see this the first time. Um, the morning we wake up when we've all slept in the tavern, Sam, uh, Samuel and Junior spot that. Junior is very understandably <laughs> perturbed by this. By seeing a spider limb with a mechanical like claw like on the tip, end of it. Yeah. Like grabbing some food. Yeah. And it's like, I know you said mechanical tit, tip, but I heard mechanical tit. <laughs> well, I mean, be. you don't know that. It could be mechanical titters. <laughs> On the end of a spider. Yeah. Either way, it was a bit freaky. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of freak out, and I'm just sitting, uh, like, I'm just sitting there with Samuel being like, "Yeah, honestly, I've just been trying to ignore it." <laughs> <laughs> and then Heller and, and like like Beltan and I are like, "No, no, 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 that, that we'll go introduce you to the blacksmith. You'll you'll love you'll love Charlie." So we go have dinner, and we go to the blacksmith's yard out the back, and there's there's no one there. So you break and enter. So no, I no, it was open. <laughs> I literally just walk in because okay, you just enter, I guess. Okay, but... yeah, I just I just it's walk still in. trespassing. We yeah, yeah, as far as we're concerned, it's trespassing. Yeah, that's at fine. least. So I walk in, and blacksmith is nowhere to be seen. But I look down, and there's a little pig. Who's just called Pig? Who's who's Charlie the blacksmith's pet? Mm. And I cast speak to animals again, and I scoop him up in my arms, and I have a wonderful conversation in Pig <laughs> about how oh Charlie's like she's she's gone off with a couple of people, and um, he's he's very happy and he likes getting pets, and I'm just have I'm just chatting it up with this pig. Like it's no one's yeah. business. <laughs> While Samuel and Junior are just fucking standing in the corner with their arms folded, just discussing my fragile mental state. <laughs> well, for a short amount of time, and then this conversation goes on far too long, and we notice the really obvious drag mark track things out of the main door of the blacksmith, round out of the courtyard and then round the corner. Yep. So I just slowly follow those to the end, and then, yeah, see down the street a giant... Um, drow drider dragging some giant metal grate walking down the road with two other people. I'm like, guys, um, <laughs> there's a drider dragging a giant gate and two other people just walking up the street, just like a few hundred yards down. And yeah, uh, because one of the things that uh, that we've been finding out is that the the town that it's set in uh, that we're we're currently in Glimmer is like an old town that well, used Glimmer to be... is the old name. For yes, it. it's its old name, um, but it used to be like a hive of like like a, a utopia. So all the all different races of things from from D and D. Were just there as, and just hanging just out, just hanging out, just peacefully, kind of going about their lives. So there's a real mix of races that you wouldn't expect to see. One of which it does mean that the blacksmith is a fucking drider, and she's which, awesome. If you don't know, is a drow elf, but with a spider butt. Yeah. Basically, yeah, think um, think Quailag from Dark Souls, um, but presumably a friend who makes and, really good like gates, and presumably wearing a bra. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Charlie is dressed. It's not yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I reluctantly like end my conversation with Little <laughs> Pig, and then we go and run up. And there's a bit of tension where the people she's with are kind of like they are very visibly armed. And yeah, because 
They represent the entirety of the city watch. Yeah, so it's like it's a half furbolg, half dwarf. Yeah, and yeah. with a, a heavy crossbow, which with is a heavy crossbow, possibly about approximately the size of said <laughs> yeah. half dwarf, half yeah, furbolg. Exactly. <laughs> And like we we run up and like Hella, I I give Charlie a big hug because we're friends. Obviously, we're best friends because she was nice to me once. Because <laughs> you met yesterday, or yeah, whatever it was. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Honestly, like um, Junior and I are just bewildered by most of the things we've been seeing because uh, a lot of the characters it's from the pre you've encountered in mm. the little pre campaign, and we haven't. So we're just like, what the fuck is going what? on? Yeah. yeah. So we introduce Charlie and um, the uh, the other two people that Charlie's with are uh, introduced as Erica, the half furbolg, half dwarf, and Dylan, the um, the halfling. And they're basically there's no city watch because the population is that low and people have just fucked off. But yeah, they're it's like mostly yeah, abandoned. Yeah, so they're like, well, we need we need a city watch. We need a guard. So it's just us two for now. And Charlie's <laughs> made it like a gate because. Long story short, she basically went and cut all the gates down so she could just make like random things. <laughs> she stole the old gates, well, it, so now she it, so now she's been forced to make new gates. Yeah. <laughs> Not technically been confirmed. Yeah, but it's so but obvious. It's, it's so her. obvious that it was her that took the gates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had a bit of a conversation with them, and then we just went to the mayor's office, didn't we? No, we had a conversation about them, and they were telling us about the legion. Oh, yeah, so there's some establishment of a faction called the Legion. Uh, the Legion are basically just a bunch of uh, bad guys who believe in kind of like all sorts of horrible shit, uh, like racial purity and all that kind of nasty stuff. Um, they're sort of yeah, present they're, they're, all over. Yeah, they're present all over. They like kind of ensnare like younger people who were just wanting to get out of a fucking nowhere town, and then they like. They won't let members leave, whatever that means, and, and it, like, yeah. So we're like, oh, okay, those that, those sound like bad people. Okay, we're off to see the mayor. Bye. <laughs> I'm sure we won't encounter the Legion at any point in our, our adventure. No, it's fine. <laughs> so we go see Gwent, Gwent Cardsman, the mayor. <laughs> Cardsmon, sorry, because Ash has straight up said, I ran out of ideas. <laughs> so yes, Gwent Cardsmon. Who is a very handsome orc mayor who takes care of a bunch yeah, of full, orphans. Full orc, not half yeah. orc. Yeah, no, full orc, yeah. And he's, he's talking, uh, we, we go and talk to him about what we've done in the library and because Hela knows that he is married slash used to be married to the librarian and she's a romantic at heart, she's like, by the way, Horace misses you, you should get back together. And he's like, uh... <laughs> Oh, thank you for keeping out of my personal affairs. He's like, oh, thank you. That's okay. And then she sees a scar and she demands to know how we got the scar. Well, demand is the wrong kind of word. I think demand's a very accurate way of saying No, because demanding insinuates that I'm being... Arrested. Yes. <laughs> no, because demanding insinuates I'm being, like, quite angry about it. I was just like... He, like, just talking and he rolls up his sleeves and I'm like, how'd you get that scar? I think the way to put it is that um, Hella forcefully questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she's just A kind forceful of... query. Yes. It was a forceful query. Pleasant, pleasant interrogation. 
Yes. I'll get you a cup of milk. It's polite torture. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I ask him, like, how he got his scar, and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I killed the dragon, and we were all, like, fucking okay. Dragons in D&D? <laughs> but, yeah, um... And he just basically goes on to say that he's very grateful that we've helped him. You know, standard D&D NPC stuff. And then goes on to say that there's a, uh, a bit of a problem with the mines uh, towards the south end of the town. Because they're like the old mines, because the whole part of the backstory of this, this town is that it used to be somewhere that had lots of mines and that's why it was rich. Yeah, it was, it was just like the gold veins and stuff around it were absolutely insane. And that was why it was so rich and was able to have this kind of utopian sort yeah, of society. Yeah, and then like one day everyone wakes up, goes down to the mines and the gold has just been vanished. It's just spirited away. No one knows where it's gone. So suddenly the entire, like, the entirety of its wealth is just literally evaporated. Mm. So, yeah. Um, he's talking about, like, weird things coming from the mines and how he hates to ask more of us, but... Uh, could we investigate? Could we go have a look and, like, talk to some old miners? Um, I've also got a note here that I rolled five natural ones in a row. This is 100% accurate. Those were all on different dice as well. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. It was it was a weird one, yeah. It, it was, was a weird one, but I mean, I think we needed to kind of have that introductory kind of thing with the other two characters as well, of yeah, yeah. and and Samuel. Yeah, we had to get a bit of a grasp on the world. Uh, like, some of these things had to be established. So it was like a, a very uh, exposition-y sort of thing, but... Um, but it was a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah, it was, it was fun, but yeah, it was, uh, mm. it was just a lot of little things that needed to be done. And to kind of keep you guys up, we kind of also have to say it as well. Because yeah. there's a lot of little bits about characters and yeah, where we're yeah, going yeah. that just need to be mentioned. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to be resuming that probably next week. So yeah, we'll have, an, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have another story for you next podcast. Where we probably go and kick in a bunch of giant like spiders or something. It's going to be great. <laughs> probably. Um, but with that said, uh, we should move on to the questions. Le questiones. Ah, yes. Questions. Uh, and Matthew, what email address should people send the questions to? <sighs> Only drummer Matt at snipeandwib at gmail.com. What was that email address, Snipe? Fuck. It was <laughs> onlydrummermat at snipeandwib at gmail.com. I wouldn't have asked you to repeat it, but when I heard the sigh of relief come from you <laughs> when I asked Matt to say it, I, I, I had to. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, do we have questions? We, ha- we, have, a, we have a couple. There's, I think there's, there's four, and one of which is a recommendation, not a question. So okay, it should be cool. relatively brief. Okay, cool. And then I can go and melt in peace. Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, For, first up. Alphalin. This is this 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 one's actually a bit of a serious question. As much as we've been cock, we usually quite often cock about with these. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you have any advice for dealing with alcohol at the gaming table? Most of our players have no issues with a few beers, but we do occasionally have a few that take it a bit too far. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, oh, um. that's a tricky one. Seeing as like, I mean, if I I'm going to inject humour very briefly here for some <laughs> levity. Um, <laughs> yeah. Please do. <laughs> I Nathan, my character, my main character from the um, first uh, from Dramat's campaign, um, is a bit of an alcoholic. 
So I can joke about that and say, I'm getting into character. However, I've never been like drunk at the table and I wouldn't want to be. Mm. So I, I completely understand your angle on this because, like, yeah, having a beer or two is like fine, but mm. and, it, getting... and in fact, to be honest, having a beer or two loosens you up a bit for the role playing. Yeah, time, it's, yeah. It's so like, so... I wouldn't say it's obviously it's not essential at all. Oh no, not but... at all. But it's like I can understand how you'd like to have a beer mm. or two just to kind of like get into it and just have a bit of a relax because you know. But I don't know how you'd broach the subject because <sighs> think... it's like I feel that like I can't think of anything that isn't just banning alcohol at the table outright. I can't. Or, I, like, no, just I think letting it. honestly, I think the answer. What I, I which I, I wouldn't say. What I think is the answer is just very boring, but it's. You know, it's the the obvious one, which is obviously not while someone someone is drunk because they're not exactly going to be very receptive to it, and the debt and the damage is sort of done. But um, if they like uh, someone doing it like one time, like having a bit too much, because that can happen. You, you, know, you, you can you, heck up. Occasionally. You, you, you misjudge your tolerance that day. Like yeah. maybe you didn't have anything to eat or whatever, and it can happen. But um, I think if that's a thing people are doing, you kind of have to like take them to one side and like not nothing public. But you take them one side and go, look, you, the amount that you're you know that getting drunk at the table whilst we're playing is like it's it, disruptive. I understand that you're having you're having fun, but like that's disruptive to the rest of us because we're not getting drunk. Like, well, that's the thing. It's, it's you know, that's, it's, yeah, it's you're having fun. The rest of us aren't. Yeah, and like that's it, the problem. It makes the game hard, like you know, difficult for the rest of us to play when you're doing that. So, would you mind maybe dialing it back a bit? And obviously, you know, the you know, you know your relationship with the people in question, like how how well that would work. Um, and and I guess the thing is, like, I mean. It's awkward to say because basically I only play D&D with the sort of people who I could say that to and they go, oh shit, sorry, mm. okay. Uh, so, I mean... I don't feel that we're the norm So and I know, that, so... Yeah, I know some people... Yeah, read, might... Reading stories online about people, other people's gaming groups. I have read some, some of the serious involved. fucking horror stories, Jesus. Yeah. But I mean, really, all, all you can do is just be honest yeah, about communi- it. Communication and honesty, I think, is probably the best way it's, to go. It's, it's like horrible and... Yeah, and ang- makes you flare yeah. up in anxiety, but I think you're just going to have to bite the bullet and say, "Hey, maybe be a bit more moderate with your imbibing of alcohol, because, dude, because we all want to play a game, and if someone's drunk, then they're not playing, they're not able to play the game at the same level everyone else is doing, and it becomes kind of unfair because everyone else has to cater for that one person, yeah. and it's supposed to be everyone working together." Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just about, you know, you just got to, I guess it's just the thing of just, cause what, why, you know, these sort of situations are usually because the person doesn't realise that what they're doing is being kind mm. of disrespectful to everyone else they're with. Yeah. They don't realise that they're putting this on someone. They think, I'm getting drunk, that's fine. They don't realise that that affects other people around them, especially if the other people around them aren't drunk. Like... When you're sober, drunk people are the worst. When you're drunk, they're great fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's just about communication, really. You, you've just got to do it. As horrible as it is, you've just got to do it. Um, yeah, you don't... You, and, and I'd probably say, like, sooner rather than later. Because if you start... If, yeah. if you put it off, all you're going to do is, like, subconsciously build up some sort of resentment. And you, they, you don't want... You want to come at it from a good place. You don't want to be, like, angry or annoyed. Yeah. yeah. If you can. It's better to try and come from a place, you know... Have it as positive as you can, yeah. rather than starting off on the wrong foot. 
yeah, you just come to them with concern and say, look, I'm just, you know, this is doing this and this is how it makes me feel and this is how it's, you know, affects the group. So could, would you mind, you know, not, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, very boring answer, but I'm afraid. If yeah. you want a more fun answer, just every time they go to take a drink, spray them with a water bottle. Yeah, <laughs> hit them on the nose with a rolled-up newspaper. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There's there's some yeah. levity. Or or <laughs> if if you're playing D and D with miniatures, or if indeed the the game the table we're talking about is a like Warhammer, um, just take a hammer and every time they uh, they ta- they <laughs> open a new drink, smash one of their models. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. Yeah, seems 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 fair. See, that's the funny answer that will also get you smacked in the face. Yeah, yeah, deservedly so. I deservedly so. Deservedly so. <laughs> Is deservedly a word? Yes. Yes. You're che- you're checking. You're, you're looking <laughs> on your phone. Deservedly is a word. Mm-hmm. Deservedly. <laughs> oh, See, fucking... it's a real word. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Okay. See, and Google even said it to you. To get you off the run Off the run? That's not the phrase Get you off the hook, I'll move on Yes, it's probably for the best Next up, Reek the Cadian Guardman And I was so expecting to say Canadian When I said that, I was like, <laughs> I'm so hot I'm definitely going to get this wrong again <laughs> Sorry Reek um, this, is a recommend- this is a recommendation Not a question So they, they, they say that they've been a fan of a podcast Called Lawhammer for a while and recently they've told their viewers about a new 40k audio thing called Cold Open Stories. Okay. Um, yeah, I've not seen it, so I've not checked this out. But um, they say they're not, the, not going to lie, they're not the best at wording things. But they can't stress enough how amazing the first two episodes are. And they honestly w- recommend it to all of us. Okay. So, okay, I'll have to check that out. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it yeah. sounds... They, they've, they've sold it enough that I kind of want to check it out at least. Okay, yeah, no, I'll... Uh... Well, give it um, listen. So that's cold open stories on. I think it's on YouTube. Uh, I think they, they okay. did. They did send a link, but but obviously I'm not going to read out the YouTube link on. No, we want you but... to read out the exact URL. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I can't because I didn't put that into my document thingy that I used. Okay, before. you're off. You're off the run for now. Yeah. Fine. Um, next up, Acidus. Um, just wanted to ask if if you guys, presumably you two. Uh, still thinking about doing a charity t- stream anytime soon. Yep. Yes. We're going to start like making moves towards that properly. Awesome. They they want to help soon. support it. Is why they were oh, asking. Oh, lovely. So. Thank you. But yeah, no, don't worry. We're going to be announcing it and like shouting it from the rafters. Don't you fret. <laughs> Good stuff. It's because I think we were talking about it and we're planning to do it. Um, this it's going to be this summer. Um, okay. We're going to do it. We just need to pin down a date and figure out how we're going to get the. Um, like how how we're going to deal with like the donations and things. And so yeah. this summer, <laughs> coming to a Twitch near you, watch two dickheads play video games for twenty four hours. It's going to be fucking terrific. <laughs> Excellent. Um, do you have a charity in mind? Have you mentioned this before? Yeah, we're thinking of mermaids. Oh, nice. Okay, because we were planning to do it like yeah before, ages um, ago. Um, this was before H Bomber guy did his big <laughs> his outrageous one. And, that, this yeah. is literally before. God, then like... you guys have got to top that. That's your... <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's um... fucking let's just do that then. Let's yeah. go do that. But yeah, because given that, especially in the UK right now, um, there's a lot of transphobia in the media. 
uh, it's, it's in, in the new in like the um, in newspapers and things. There's, Too many yeah. people are paying attention to turfs. Yeah, so we wanted to do. You know, we've been lo- looking for a a charity that helps trans people in some some fashion, and Mermaids was the one we initially saw. We are, are looking to see if there's any other ones that might be the. Because obviously we're not going to raise like H bomb money. No, um, unfortunately. Because he no. raised like it was like three hundred grand. Or it was like three hundred, maybe um, three and a half, three. A lot of money. A, a comical amount of money. Yeah. Um, to, to, to see if there's like a smaller charity that maybe would need mm. the money more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But we, we that that's all in the air. We don't. Yeah, know we exactly we, we will figure this out. So yeah. don't don't worry. But yeah, we'll, we're thinking. Yeah. Okie dokie, good. Right, last up, very last question. Okay. So, this is an email to me. Oh, Dear is Drummer it from Matt. you? It is not, it's from Smugmunk. Oh. So, Drummer Matt, can you please tell us of the time that Snipe <laughs> found an old knight's helmet with real deer antlers on it in an antique shop? <laughs> okay. Oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> I want to hear about this story. Yes. Yeah, Drummer Matt. <laughs> It's it's very warm and my memory's not too great, so so Wib, you might have to jump in and help me out. Okay, sure, sure. Okay, I'll so. just sit here and just quietly simmer in my hubris. So, this was a couple of summers ago. It in it was warm, but not 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 current warm. But it was still warm enough to get you you know when you start going a little bit doolally. Yeah, in the heat, and we we were all hanging out in just some random little town somewhere in the middle of Derbyshire. I can't remember which, but one of the you know you. Small towns, like Etwell, sort of a place like yeah, that. Yeah, somewhere. I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. But we were have we were having a nice, nice fun day out. Probably playing Pokemon Go. And and we saw we saw an antique shop, and we're like, you know what? It's quite warm outside. We need a bit of shade. Well, let's, let's let's just pop in and see if we see anything interesting. I think based because I think there was a poke a poker stop just outside, so yeah. we were nearby anyway. And you did want to get inside because the um, the hat the hat that you normally wore, you know, the Alf one. Mm. Uh, with the gravy stain on the top, you'd left that at home. So yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, <laughs> it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> so we we went into this antique shop, and we were milling about a bit, and then all of a sudden we just heard like a a, a you know a full on like excited <laughs> noise, and it wasn't just a short. It went it went on, and we were like looking around the shop, and he couldn't. I think because of the, there was so much stuff in there, the echoes were weird. We could not locate this. And it took about, you know, a good five minutes to try and find where Snipe was. There was a bunch his... of dogs barking as well because of it. Well, yeah, so obviously, it, the, the, it was it was very high-pitched, so dogs obviously could hear it better than us. Um, but it was just a constant noise. I don't know how you were breathing at the time. <laughs> Circular breathing. Circular breathing, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, there was this old, old you know, Arthurian, I don't know if that's a word, but Arthurian, like, knight's helmet. But someone at some point had, like, welded like actual huge stag antlers onto this thing and it was you know right up in right up on the top shelf so you couldn't reach it but you were just stood there with your head up just staring at this thing emitting this excited squeal <laughs> so you know we we did the obvious thing and and i i obviously being me wanted to like you know try to fight you out of the way and get this hat for myself because mm. you know yeah you do that yeah yeah. But, you know, I thought, you know what, this time, this time, I'll take a deep breath, I'll try and not get too excited by this hat, and I'll see what happens if I let Snipe have it. Because usually you don't get to have your best things, because I steal them off you, and then slime them. <laughs> yes, so, this is very it, true. So, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll try and, I'll try, I'll try and behave. And try and, a bit. Yeah, just 
force all of my instincts down and we'll see what happens. <laughs> so we end up speaking to the owner and, and seeing if we can borrow, if we can have a look a closer look at this hat. And you immediately slam it straight onto your head. Yep. And are obviously completely, you know, overwhelmed by how much you are in love with this hat. We could tell because the squeal was now reverberating through the inside <laughs> of it, which yes. made it a haunting sound, it sounded quite like frankly. a bee stuck in a wine bucket. It was terrifying, quite <laughs> frankly. Yeah, so we, me and Webb, we turn to the owner and we start having a chat about, you know, it's got, it's got a price tag on it, but we can't see it because it's vibrating so much. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we, we have to chat to the owner and we're just midway through conversation and we just hear a smash. <laughs> And we turn around, and Sniper's just gone, and the hat is it's gone. The door is not as wide as the hat, but she somehow managed to run through this door, <laughs> take bits of the door frame missing that were hanging off the edge of the antlers. And she's now out, out the shop running down the street. And we're like, oh, okay, right. Um, I guess we should go and get your hat back then, sir. And he was, well, at this point, he was halfway towards reaching the telephone to dial the police. And he was like, yeah, you probably should. Of course, we try, we managed to reassure him. I don't quite know how, but we managed to reassure him that we'll get this hat back. Uh, and obviously, I, uh, the, the method that I used was money. Ah, uh, okay, right. Okay, good to know. It's good that to know that money, money works in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask how much. You don't want to know, man. You don't no. want to know. But anyway, so this is the this is so we we, we head out we, we we leave the shop and we head down the street and try try and catch up with Snipe who's just she's she's gone you know a blur of dust at the bottom of bottom of the hill. <laughs> Eventually, catch up with her. She's headed she's headed to a park, like a you know a big open green space. <laughs> I must return to my promised land. <laughs> and she's been, base, for want of a better phrase, rooting up with this stag antlers on the top of her head against basically from what we could see every single bin in this park <laughs> and I have no idea why she took so much like anger against these bins I don't know what the bins had ever done in her past because we were, we were already be charging down people but no everyone was fine there was people gathered around watching but they were all fine none of them had antler holes in them I think I, I, think I actually did work this out um, yes. what was going on so you know how like deers um, ram into each other with their antlers yeah um, as like a sign of dominance and things yeah yeah most of the bins in the area because it was part of derbyshire they had deers on them mm. <laughs> so she saw them as a right. threat okay she yes. saw red I, I couldn't control myself yeah so so she had to ram into ram into them to assert her dominance over the bins we're just lucky that a van didn't go past with like the derbyshire county council <laughs> logo on it yeah who knows where she would have ended up yeah <laughs> she would have been chasing that down the street for miles <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she's yeah she's taken out pretty much every bin we can see. And you, you, you know, it's it's a, it's a public park. There's quite a few bins around. Every one of them you can see, looking any direction, is now in a heap on the floor. Um, we get to it just not quite in time for her to um, focus on something new and run off another way. And we have to chase her, and she's ended up up a tree because you know I don't know if she's trying to get away from us or the bins or who I, knows. I think yeah. I was just trying to fight a bird. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? See, fortun- maybe. fortunately for us, as we've established, um, you're a scurrier, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. getting up the tree wasn't easy for you to catch. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. It's because of those up. claws he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, and yeah, actually, you know what? She actually managed to calm down. She was up there, and she was just yelling out to anyone who would listen that she is the Forest Lord, <laughs> wearing wearing this hat. And actually, surprisingly enough, as soon as we were like. We agreed with her and sort of reassured her, yes, yes, you are the Forest Lord, but you know what? You're the Forest Lord without this hat. 
Surprisingly enough, that actually managed to calm her down. We got her out the tree. It was absolutely no effort to get the hat off her. And as long as we just keep reassuring her that she is yet still the Forest Lord, despite having given up this hat, it actually was a relatively nice conclusion to the whole thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do have to maintain this um, to the present day. Honestly, the simplest way I've found of doing it is just each morning writing it down on a post-it note and just like... Yeah, and just leaving it on the fridge. And... You're just, just <laughs> leaving it somewhere obvious, you know. Yeah, and as long as you see it every, every, every now yeah. and then, it's... Seems to keep you keep you levelled, you know. Yeah. Every time I walk past a bin, though, I still get a bit twitchy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's understandable. I mean, I I, <laughs> I know where I know where you're coming from with this. So, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you understanding. <laughs> yeah, all in all, fun day out. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun day. I managed to ca- I managed to finally evolve a dugong, like in, <laughs> a seal into a dugong. It was fun. Yeah, nice. That was also yeah. the noise it made when I kept headbutting those bins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. That was so <laughs> <Very> weird. weird. <laughs> I read the email and I tried to like not think about it too much because I didn't want to like remember too hard before I told the story. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Excellent. That that is the end of the questions. Good. Good. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. It's I, mean, I, didn't really, I didn't really like that. I just meant it's. We can turn the fan on. Is we can what turn the fan on, and yeah, you can go and live in a fridge or whatever it is you're going to do to survive. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for the next visitors that are coming in a few hours. Oh dang. It's okay. We don't need it. more body warmth in the flat. Is fine, right? Yeah, it's that's fine. like. What's the opposite of hypothermia? Because if you can make yourself so hot that you start feeling cold, that sounds pretty good, actually. Um, I think death happens before that, so... You're not a doctor, you don't know. I mean, no, but... Yeah. But I'm also... Sure it'll be fine. It's fine. But it's take fine. care and drink a lot if anyone else is yes, in stay most of Europe where it's having a heatwave. And also, yeah. so. wear sunscreen... Scream. Sunscream. Sunscream. Yeah. Scream at the Fine. sun. Scream at the sun, but it make is the sure death, that you... It is the death orb. It gives life, but also death. Also, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, don't forget to use sunscreen. And also, if you happen to live in a country where um, AC is common, uh, please feel free to not start being derisive about people in Europe. Because um, we literally about live in... us having trouble with heat. Because yeah. we live in brick houses that literally, when heat goes on them, yeah. turns into a fucking oven. So you ain't smart. Yeah. Yeah. We and, don't... We, and without wanting to put a too much of a down on the end of the podcast, people having ACs on running off electricity is possibly what's causing some of the excessive heat. So, you know, <laughs> be careful when you start but acting anyway, more high The planet is dying. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Stay cool. <laughs> <laughs> Stay cool because the inevitable heat death of the universe is on its way. Yeah, and it's happening in France in Drummermat's flat. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>